everyone to the Orlando Health Wellbeing Podcast, Season 2. I am your host, Kayla Watson, and today I am so excited to welcome Kelly Darden to the show. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Kelly, before we kind of dig into our content for the day, I was hoping that you could share with our listeners a little bit about who you are, what your role is here at Orlando Health, just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Of course. So I am the Chief Clinical Officer for Ambulatory and Post-Acute Services. So we have 15 different service lines that support our, our division. And so those usually make up more support services in the ambulatory setting. We have a few inpatient areas as well as post-acute, so after the hospital. Wow, that sounds like a lot that you're doing. <laughs> now, how long have you been here at Orlando Health? Oh, gosh, I started here um, actually as a volunteer in 2007. Um, got my first job as a nurse here in 2010. Took a small break when I was up in North Carolina for school and then came back in 2016 and I've been here ever since. I love that. And what's unique about your position and your experience is that you've you've probably gotten to see things from multiple perspectives here, which, which many of our listeners may be able to relate to. Absolutely. Started my career on the inpatient side at Arnold Palmer Hospital. Had the pleasure of being a team member within the medical group as well as a leader for APPs and then moved into this role two years ago. So have been able to see multiple different divisions and how the patient's journey really does kind of go throughout each section. Absolutely. Well, with all of that considered, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. And as you know, this podcast is really all about well-being. And specifically this month, our theme, our topic is prioritizing well-being. So with that in mind, when you think about well-being, what does that exactly mean for you? So I think of it, of course, you know, in the patient area as well as personal, professional. I think of quality of life. And so I kind of break that down into the physical aspect, emotional and mental aspect of quality of life. And so whether it's my own quality of life and what I'm striving for or making sure my patients or our patients at Orlando have Orlando Health have the best quality of life as well. You know, that word is very, very special. Looking at quality. I love that you use that word because in the healthcare setting, that is our priority, the quality of care that we provide for our patients. Um, but you apply that word in the concept of well-being. So thinking about that personal level, I love that, both in the professional and in the personal setting. So in what ways have you exactly had to prioritize well-being? So it definitely is a challenge. It's not something that has come natural to me to always say, okay, I have to put myself first and not in a selfish way, but you have to take care of yourself before you can appropriately take care of others, again, whether in a professional setting or whether in your personal life. And so it has been a struggle. There have definitely been moments where I have felt my own wheels slipping, coming off, if you will, where I've had to say, okay, take a step back. And the way I think about self-care is I really do have to calm down, whether it's go take a shower, eat a meal, 
take a walk, something to kind of reset myself so I can restart again. Again, whether that's personally with my own children, my own family, or whether that's even with work, when you get so caught up in projects or however many hours a day we're all here, you really do have to take a step back because you want to make sure that your patients as well as your family is always getting the best you and you can't appropriately take care of others until you're in your best state as well. So it's a challenge. It's not easy. And really that's what, you know, that word prioritize means of taking a step back, thinking about yourself first before you can pour into others before you can pour into your children, you mentioned that you have kids, before you can pour into those around you here at work or family and friends. So earlier you mentioned too, just even the different buckets of that emotional, the physical, um, the mental well-being. And what you just said even simplified it as far as looking at some of the basics, like making sure you take time to pause and eat a meal, right? Like as basic as that is, We have to start there, um, getting outside and taking a walk. So starting with the foundations, and then we can build on that for the, the emotional and mental from there. Now, in your role and just in, in your time here at Orlando Health, what are some of the trends that you've noticed in clinicians who are as driven and as passionate as you are? I think a lot of us, and I would say the majority of us, will always put patients first. I think we went into healthcare for a specific reason. It's not something that you want to stay in if you don't love. It's a very challenging job as we all just went through, you know, the different phases of COVID and still in another phase of the loveliness. But if you don't love it, it's a very challenging job. And so I would say the majority of the clinicians that I work with had the pleasure of working with Arnold Palmer and again in this space is that we're absolutely dedicated to this profession. We're dedicated to helping our patients and it can be very challenging to prioritize your own well-being when you are so dedicated to making sure the quality of life is of others is at the forefront of everything we do. And so I will I assume that it is a challenge for, for many of us to think about ourselves when you're your brain and your mind immediately goes to how to help others. And, you know, you've used the word challenge a few times. And really, that's that's just honesty and vulnerability right there, because well-being is that. It's a challenge, and it's something that we have to fight for. It's something that we have to work towards and be mindful of. Um, So you mentioned, you know, that it's a challenge for you, but also those around you. Um, And so, yes, in in this workspace, especially prioritizing that well-being is a challenge. Um, But because of that, it's worth fighting for. Absolutely. And now, have you ever had any aha moments along um, your career that gave you a different perspective of really what's what's important? Yes. So unfortunately, last year, 2023, wasn't a good year at all. Wouldn't repeat that. if I had the opportunity. And so I was postpartum with our third and final child. And when I came back to work, probably wasn't in the right mindset, wasn't taking care of myself, because again, now I have three other littles to take care of. And I actually started having some neurological symptoms and really blew them off, neglected them, 
completely neglected myself and everything that was going on because I had a job to do. I had family to take care of, just move on. And it wasn't until the point where I could barely drive a car and get somewhere. I couldn't concentrate at work. I couldn't remember things that I actually sought help. <laughs> and I remember sitting with my primary care provider and they're kind of going down the list of what this could be. And so simple things of, you know, maybe it's just stress. Maybe it's just hormonal changes after having the child or it could be something as serious as a lesion on my brain that I would have to go get checked out. And so I actually had to go get an MRI done. And God bless Frankie at South Orange. He's the MRI tech that had to deal with me that day. But I just remember bawling throughout the whole MRI. I probably left like a puddle <laughs> under that MRI <laughs> machine. But I was just so scared that I had let it come to this, that I had let work. Um, I'm in school right now, school, family life had this complete toll on me that I'm now dealing with something because of absolute self-neglect potentially. And so I remember just praying and just, you know, if I if I have the opportunity to kind of come out of this with a with a clean scan and the ability to kind of change the way I, I look at things and do better, then I absolutely will. And it's it's terrible to kind of think about that you're just, you know, pleading there in the moment. But you know, I, I would do anything to just get a second chance at all, all this. And so I remember getting the call that everything was fine and they put me in vestibular rehab and actually come to find out I was having vestibular migraines, which are not very common. There's nothing to do for them, but stress, not sleeping, not eating well, all of that actually triggers them. And so again, it's a lifestyle change. And so that's what I kind of began to do. And it was a really aha moment that there is a cost of neglect. There is an absolute financial impact and a uh, self-care impact of neglecting your own health. And everyone around you, unfortunately, has to deal with the consequences as well as yourself. So that was my lovely 2023 aha moment that I know that I had to do better in order for um, me to be a better mom, better wife, and a better team member here at Orlando Health too. Well, thank you for sharing that story with us because um, I, I can imagine that that was a scary time for you, you know, that time of uncertainty and unknown, um, looking at all of those symptoms that you were experiencing, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above, and how it impacted your family, your your work, and, and everything in your life. Um so thank you for sharing that because, and really it goes back to that question of the aha moment, you know, sometimes and maybe many of our listeners can, can relate to your story. Maybe it resonates with them that our bodies try to tell us something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our bodies try to tell us if something is a little off or if something needs to change, right? And, and you kind of got to that point where you needed to seek some some medical help and really just think about it all for yourself and weigh everything out. And I would encourage our listeners to do the same of what you did. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to what your body is trying to tell you. Pay attention to little changes or things that you might think aren't necessarily a big deal. Um, and and figure out, okay, what is my body trying to tell me? Looking for the why behind it. Mm -hmm. 
thank you for sharing that story with us. And, and hopefully, you know, our listeners out there too can pay attention to whatever aha moments they have with the purpose of it, it initiating change um, so that we can focus on our well-being. So another question I have for you is if you were to share some advice with a younger version of yourself, okay? So go back in time. Um, you've just graduated. You're ready to make a difference in the lives of others. What advice would you give to that younger version of yourself? I think never, even in your journey, no matter what you want to do, never lose yourself in it. You'll always have to maintain a balance of your hopes, your dreams, your goals with taking care of yourself because it can very quickly all be taken away from you if you don't. I would say, and it's something that I am kind of looking back proud that I that I did, is I always went after my my dreams and my goals and still do. And I remember people would always say, you know, if I, because I wanted to do critical care, why would you want to go and do that? You're never going to be able to have a family. You're never going to be able to have the, the quality of life you want or, you know, have kids or anything like that. You know, sitting there looking at my younger self, I always said, well, I don't have that right now. Why would I plan for something in hopes of having something? I'm just going to go after my dreams now. And so that's something that I would always love to tell the younger generations coming through is just go for it go for your hopes and dreams and all the passions that you have you have one life go for it and all of the other things that you want will fall into place as they should but at the same time never forget about the self-care part because you will never be able to fully go for your goals in life if you do not take care of yourself, because at one point or another, you will have to choose which route you go. You know, and that totally makes sense. And really that kind of connects all of this well-being back to, um, honestly, the spiritual component of well-being. And it's really, when you think about spiritual well-being, that is your connection back to your purpose, your why, your goal. And Clearly, it's evident in, in your story, even in the leadership that you have here at Orlando Health, that you are a go-getter <laughs> and that, that you want to um, keep striving for more, keep striving for excellence. And that ties back in to that spiritual component, your passion. You've, you ha- you've had a vision <laughs> and, of course, things may change or be tweaked over time. But I think that's a good reminder to our listeners that the spiritual component of well-being is should be our focus. Mm -hmm. And then all of the mental, emotional, physical components of well-being should really point back to that, your vision, your goal, your why. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that little bit um, with us, because I I think that'll resonate with with many people listening today. All right. So Kelly, given your experience here at Orlando Health and the story that you shared with us of changing um, throughout your career here, you're now in a position of leadership. So how how does that component tie into well-being? So maybe what challenges do you face with that? What advice would you give specifically to leaders when it comes to well-being? I think a big thing for me now is setting a good example. We have 
a lot of younger leaders in our division. And even if they're leaders with more experience as well, I think you have to set a good example for what for how you want others to kind of view the division as well as their own work or service line. And so I try and set a positive example for well-being, whether that is encouraging us all to kind of go on a walk or <laughs> go eat lunch together and be positive within the workplace. And so I do think whether I'm comfortable with it or not, people do kind of look up to me in that space, especially within our division. And so I always want to be able to set a good example for prioritizing self-care, prioritizing my family. They are very important to me. And so I try and just maintain kind of that positivity around the office and when I'm out rounding at at our different sites and kind of checking in on them as well. I try and get to know everyone at our sites. We have 96 sites, so it's not extremely easy, but I think it's important to be able to check in on them as well as uh, Vic Rosenbaum and I round every week. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that almost gives other people around you the freedom because if they see you in your role prioritizing well-being, then that gives them the freedom and um, the space to do the same both here at work, but also um, personally as well. So it it is a unique um, role that you have in that you get to set that example for others. And um, that really just strengthens the bond of well-being because it's contagious, right? When we see one person doing things to care for themselves, we can be encouraged to do the same. So um, I'm, I'm sure that that is an inspiration to many people around you. So Kelly, I know you have your your doctorate. You are also currently pursuing a master's right now. And you have your personal life, your your kids at home, your family as well. So with all of those things considered, because not not everybody would, would juggle all of that at once. With all of those things considered, how do you find a sense of a sense of structure, of of calm, of balance? just in managing all of those different components of you? So oddly, I enjoy it. I know that I just tick a little bit differently. I've, I always have, I always will. I think I enjoy the structured chaos. I actually don't do well when there is downtime. And so I, I enjoy our large family. I think it's hysterical and I enjoy being in school. I think I will always enjoy learning something that's actually considered my downtime because if I'm not reading a paper for school or working on something which keeps me kind of up to date with everything, then I would just be working. And so it kind of gives me a break to reset my mind and think about other things. And I am very type A and very structured. And so I know at every minute of every day what I should be doing, and it's every single day. The issues come with balance is when when there's a stumbling block, such as one of the kids gets sick, well, then all three are going to get sick within a matter of time, right, of course. And so everything is good and balanced when everyone is healthy, doing well, and everything at work is going well. My challenges come when one of the when one of the rocks fall. And so that's when, again, I have to kind of go back to the self-care model 
of making sure that my kids come first and foremost. I have to make sure that they're well, get back to school, and then I can then refocus myself on whether it would, of course, then it becomes the professional aspect and then back to school. And so I do have everything prioritized on where in my mind they should be. I keep everything in a very structured manner within the house. And, you know, you just kind of have to laugh certain things off from a comical perspective of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that humor component is necessary. But that is a very unique um, way of thinking, a very unique way of living. Um, and, you know, you said when things get off balance or, or when things fall, because that's life, right? <laughs> so I think it is amazing and admirable that you are able to continue to be a lifelong learner. You mentioned that word enjoy. You enjoy learning. You enjoy growing. You enjoy investing in your little ones. Um, but again, as you mentioned, it all points back to well-being. It starts with that for you so that then you can focus on all of these different areas of your life. So I know as we are getting ready to wrap up our time together today, Kelly, I just personally want to say thank you so much for your willingness to come in and share a little bit about who you are and, and how you prioritize well-being. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you again for joining us. We hope that you have been inspired today, and we trust that you'll take that inspiration to others. So until next time, we wish you well. <laughs>